Hello. How are you doing? Welcome, everyone, to How Do Artists, a show that focuses on a single topic of conversation and asks the question, how do artists live, work, play, run their business, stay inspired, or handle challenges and adversity from an artist's perspective? Our show will speak with a diverse group of artists and creatives, and you, as our listeners, will have a chance to ask your own questions during our Q&A segment towards the end of our show. I am your co-host, Carlana Patterson, artist and illustrator, and I am joined by co-host Ryan Caldwell, musician and producer. Thank you, Carlana. Our conversation today is How Do Artists Stay Authentic? Our guest today is Stephen Booth. Booth is an artist, author, editor, publisher, and entrepreneur. He has been working in the publishing industry since 2010 and is now the CEO and publisher at Genius Books and Media Incorporated in Los Angeles. He and his, he and his wife, Leah, publish a range of books from true crime humor to coffee table photo books. He is the author, he is the author of 10 published books, nine of which are novels and one nonfiction. He has also painted over 250 oil paintings and a couple of acrylics since late 2015 Stephen and leah a school administrator when she is not editing have worked from home since 2010 and spend far much too far too much time entertaining a revolving collection of cats welcome Stephen. how are you and how has your week been so far yay hi Stephen. hello uh thank you my week has been very good so far actually um uh, i'll tell you this is the second podcast i've been on since uh, this week uh whoa <laughs> I'm not usually on this many podcasts. It's, it's unusual, but uh, uh, I, ha- I, I work with a nonprofit organization and they had me on their podcast talking about um, <clears throat> how I, how I am helping them uh, communicate nice. uh, to, to their, to their constituencies. So this nice. is, this is number two for me. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Well, let's jump, let's jump into it. So how do artists stay authentic? Oxford defines the word authentic to mean something of undisputed origin, something genuine. Although that definition covers a lot of bases, I want to know what that word means to you. Um, uh, well, I'm glad you defined it, actually. I was, I was <laughs> working on that, uh, um, trying to figure out what I was going to say when I came here. Authenticity to me means staying true to yourself. Uh, it, it, it means not compromising your passion and your heart, um, particularly for, uh, you know, in, in trade for something that isn't as, as valuable, like, um, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I lost it. I had it a second ago. Um, uh, it was approval. That was the word I was looking for. Not trading authenticity for approval. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I like that. I like I like that idea of not trading authenticity for approval because it's you know it's it it, it kind of harkens back to the uh, like like the teen drama sitcom stuff <laughs> where it's like no don't don't sell your soul to hang out with the cool kids <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's not a problem for me. I never hung out with the cool kids, and, and at least not until recently. So, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, authenticity is a lot uh, to me. Is a, a lot about um, you know being following my heart. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a better way of phrasing it right now. Uh, being passionate and staying with that passion. Well, expand a little bit on that. Following your heart. What exactly did that mean to you in terms of how this related to your work specifically? Well, let, let's try this. I started writing in, I think it was 2005 or something like that. I'd have to go back and actually look. Um, and um, when, my, when my writing career took off, it was more um, when I was started writing with another author, his name is Harry Shannon. He's a well, rather well-known author in the horror genre. Uh, it was cool. It was like, you know, people, I go up to people and say, Oh, I'm writing with Harry Shannon. They go, you write with Harry Shannon. Oh, that's so cool. And it's, and it's like, you know, writing with my dad because I have known him for years. Um, but, uh, the, the, the voice, um, of the characters in the, uh, in the, the, the zombie novels that I wrote, we went, we wrote a series of zombie novels is the voice of Harry in me. And that's lovely, but I could never do a reading, um, <laughs> because it doesn't sound like the inside of my head. Right. Right. Okay. And that's, that's my point. I've actually uh, published a couple, uh, uh, I just recently published in, in, I think it was May of, of 2020, uh, my first solo novel. Okay. Which I wrote actually about 10 years ago. Um, and, and still, no, truly. And, and it deals with a pandemic, you know, my, my wife insists that I, I presaged 
uh, COVID, but uh, I, I really didn't. Uh, it's a completely different type of disease. Um, but uh, uh, I would be happy to do a reading of that novel because it sounds like the inside of my head. It's authentic to me, you know, uh, and uh, I, I'm having a, a fan I'm hoping is listening. His name's uh, um, Lord Wilf Will Frando Sai. I'm not making that up. That's his name. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, he's in the Philippines. And um, uh, I just gave him uh, an, an unpublished novel that I was telling you was my soul baby. It really is. It's, I love this novel. It's probably not publishable, but it's, it's absolutely me. And I would be delighted to see that, see the light of day because it's, it's really who I am. I, you know, it, it, right. it means a lot to me. So um, that, you know, authenticity is, is really, I mean, I'm not always successful at, in, in living in that space, but that's what I strive for. Nice. No, that's, I, I think that that's brilliant. Also the, uh, you know, also shout out to Lord Sai. Yep. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you would describe your work now as authentic. Yes. Has, uh, how long did it take you to get there? And what, wow. what was, was there kind of like a moment where you're like, no, this work is actually me. Um, I, really for me that that moment was when I started writing solo projects um, as much as I adore Harry and as much as I'm grateful for the process, you know, for the, for the experience of writing with him, I really learned a lot about writing novels from working with him. Um, you know, it wasn't until I started writing, until I started writing my own stuff for the purposes of publishing, because I'd written a lot of stuff by that point. You know, it was, it was 2005 to 2010. I'd probably written four novels that will never see the light of day, thankfully. Um, but, it, you know, once I started writing in my own voice, uh, it, it really um, started making a, a, a difference to me as far as um, how I'm expressing myself and, and uh um, and, and I think we talked about the fact that I'm, a, I'm also an oil painter. Um, well, sometimes acrylics, but, um, uh, <laughs> when I was, when I started doing painting in 2015, I was doing it as gifts. Okay. Gifts for friends. Cause it was cheaper than, you know, buying sure. something or whatever. And it's better. It's a better gift. Right. Um, and, um, but it wasn't until I started doing figurative art, I did some, you know, some, castles i'm big on castles i have a, a minor in medieval history and oh, nice. uh, so i did some castles and i did some bridges and some landscapes and stuff like that but then i did some figurative art and i'm like okay this is where my head is and and i started doing airplanes and figurative arts and it's what my wife calls chicks and jets um <laughs> i'm not making that up i actually had chicksandjets.com for a while but it didn't fly <laughs> Um, no pun intended um and uh so you know but it wasn't until and and um I don't know if my, if my family's listening, but uh, I, I have to go out of my way to not consider whether or not my mom or my sister is going to like whatever it is that I'm doing while I'm working, because that, it, it, you know, I want them to love everything that I do. But at the same time, I have this picture in my head that they don't want me doing things. I do a lot of girls and stuff like that, you know, uh, and, and I, I don't want to um, uh, upset them. But at the same time, it's if I don't uh, if I don't follow my heart, I'm not going to do something that's really um that's going to make me happy, you know? Right. And the more I make me happy, the more likely I'm going to make somebody else happy. So. No, I like Absolutely. That. Absolutely. And so you're involved in art and you're involved in your, in writing mm -hmm. now. And you, you just mentioned that you, you are always cognizant of what other people think, what your family mm -hmm. thinks and, and yeah. how people perceive your art through that. What are you doing to rein yourself in to remain authentic because that's a that's a pretty big burden i would say mm -hmm. in as an artist if if i every single time <laughs> i took a a paintbrush and had to worry about what other people thought about my work i don't know if i would <laughs> get any work done because that's that's that can be a heavy burden so how do you work through that well Often I don't. I mean, um, <laughs> Carolina, you and I had a conversation on Facebook not too long ago. I actually posted on, on our artists, you know. I know, uh, I read it. I read it. Uh, and saying, it struck a nerve in me. I, yeah. When you posted that, mm -hmm. I, and just for those who don't know what we're talking about, you had posted 
uh, in our group, we are among a group of artists that communicate with each other. And mm -hmm. you had posted in this group that you were genuinely struggling with, with this idea of what's going on with your work in terms of how other people view it. Right, exactly. And um, so it's it's easy to fall into that tra um, trap. This is not the word I want, but it's the one that comes to mind uh, of um, wanting to be uh, accepted, uh, you know, get that approval. It's like what I said at the beginning, get that approval. And e there's this fantasy, this um, fallacy that if you give up your authenticity, you'll be more, uh, you know, you'll get more approval. And, and that's not the case. You know, um, you ask me, how do I rein myself in? It's the opposite. I have to, to, to throw off the chains of, uh, of uh, pretending like I know what other people want and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and trying to conform to that model in my head of what I think other people want. I have to focus, and I don't do this all the time. It's what we were talking about a moment ago, but I have to focus on what it is that appeals to me, makes me happy, uh, makes me feel you know, engaged or emotionally invested or passionate or whatever term you want to use. Right. Uh, valuable. Uh, I'm sorry. I say that again. Valuable. Valuable. Yeah. Producing but, art that makes you feel that it's valuable mm -hmm. because it means something to you. Right. And, and I have my art everywhere. I don't have any space for anybody else's art because it's, it's all <laughs> over the place. And, and I like looking at my own art because it's, it's, it's like the looking at the inside of my head. I don't know. I, I don't have a better way of phrasing that. It's like what I was talking about with the uh, with the writing. When I started writing my own voice, I started really in, engaging with my own work. Yeah. And, and the art is the the nonverbal version of that. No, I, I absolutely identify with that too. Like I, you know, it's often seen as it's it's kind of weird because you know chefs are allowed to enjoy their own food, but typically artists <laughs> are frowned upon if they're glorifying all only their own art everywhere. Yeah. Same thing with musicians; you're not really allowed to go and sample your own sauce that much. You know, if you're <laughs> if you're listening to it too much after you're done with it, then you're kind of self obsessed. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, I like it because it's well, it's stuff that I know I can connect with. <laughs> you're right. right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's obviously meaningful to you. And I mean, I made the choices I did because I like those choices. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and I I relate to that. I I understand that, especially the comment about there's an element of your brain that's now that, that you can look at because <laughs> I, I do that too. I think I look at my art and I say, Oh, okay. I know exactly what I was thinking, feeling, I know mm -hmm. exactly how this came about and how it transformed and, and became a tangible piece of art. So I get that. Mm. Um, I, I, I can't put up all of my art all over the house though. There's like, <laughs> three other artists in, in my, <laughs> my my kids and my husband who who does photography so oh wow okay i have to share i have to share the wall space and right. that's good that's okay if you have open concept there's no walls to hang things on that's what <laughs> that's right <laughs> you gotta have some walls somewhere exactly so one, one of my favorite uh uh, one of my favorite artist ploys is the is the seasonal artwork on the walls. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, once you filled up all your walls, you got to rotate it every season. That's yeah, right. Decorate exactly. Or you have to. You have to. Why would you just only feature the same art? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And also, after a while, something that was really special to you kind of dates a little bit, and you have to oh, go yeah. to the new good stuff. And you know, um, oh, yeah. but uh, uh, you know, and I, I can look back on my art and go, I remember the first time. There's this one piece in particular which I I. Uh, it's it's a, another figurative art, but I remember um, uh, looking at that and going, "Wow, this is the best piece I've ever done." And I look at it now and I'm going, "That was a long time ago," but I remember <laughs> that feeling of yeah. thinking that's the best I've I've ever done, and it's it's a really uh, you know it's a it's a nice feeling to 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 have that engagement with your own art. Um, oh, and yeah. yeah, it may be perceived as being, um, uh, you know, egotistical or narcissistic or whatever, but you know what kind of the conversation that we're having is who cares what other people think? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, it's true. You, gotta, you have to make your own piece with your art. Mm, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, no go. please um, by well, all means. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, on I was Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. I finished a novel. 
And uh, I'm very proud. This is a novel that was supposed to be finished in 13 months ago. Okay. It was right. But it was supposed to be done uh, last December, not the one we just had, but the one before that. So I finally got my headspace into this novel and I was rereading it after I'd finished it, which was finishing was huge for me. And I'm, and I'm rereading that. I'm going, I remember when I wrote that, that, and I'd laugh at my own work and I, and I get engaged with my own work. And yeah, some people may see that as being narcissistic, but it's really a matter of that's the sound of my own head. And uh, if I'm not, if I'm not authentic to that, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, if I'm not um, okay with the sound of my own head, then I would be in a lot worse shape than I am now. But really, um, you know, and like I said, I don't always do this, but one of the things that I try to do is really be, you know, sound like what I mean, say what you mean, you know, and mean what you say, I guess is what they, they, they is the phrase, but uh, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and my wife is reading the novel. She's beta reading it for me. She's also my editor. Um, and uh, her, uh, I said, so how are you enjoying it? She's on page 50 or something like that. And she goes, I really didn't like the prologue. I was ready to put it down after the prologue. But once I got into chapter one, I can't put it down. And I'm like, <laughs> yay, I, success. You know, then that's kind of what I'm looking for. But at the same time, I, I can't, you know, not everybody's going to love everything that you do. Right. You know, and if you try and homogenize everything that you do so that everybody loves it, it nobody's going to love it. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> no, I do. I do really like that concept of, um, you know, it's like the, the thousand fans theory that mm-hmm. uh, I know. I know that you're a fan of. And I'm also a fan of that idea. I think it's I think it's a brilliant concept that the most valuable stuff you can do is the most authentic stuff. If you are a skilled mm-hmm. craftsperson, because I think right. I also want to put uh, edit that worldview to go and include people who haven't quite gotten there with their craft yet. <laughs> oh, uh, well, the, I need to get a T-shirt that says I support bad art. Oh, yeah. You know, because if you're not ready to, to do bad art, if everything has to be perfect, you're never going to get good. That's yeah. true. <laughs> and, I, and my views on bad art is it's all subjective. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Even things that you think are wonderful, someone mm. is not going to like it. So it's it's all subjective. There's just levels of how we do things or levels to how uh, one accomplishes sort of the same thing that we're all trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I, I never look at something and even when people are just starting out and say that that's bad well, I, art. I, I want to clarify what I meant by that. I'm not talking about what other people think. I th- I'm talking about what I think. Yeah. If I do a piece that I'm not I happy see. with. And I, we I, are I, all worst critics. And that's exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Because we have this picture in our head and it, it doesn't come out on the canvas or it doesn't right. come out on the page. Um, we have to be willing to not live up to our own expectations. Otherwise we'll never take risks. Well, that's true. And I have a, there's a great quote I heard, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was a few months ago at this point, but it was, uh, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am, am, well, but that, I I love that because it defeats, it's, it's the best line I I found to defeat my own perfectionism Mm -hmm. because I'll you know, everyone gets this where they get bound up and stuck, you know, before they even start something because they're afraid mm-hmm. of it failing or going down like Hindenburg, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you take it, if you think about it, like, but if it's really important, if you really want it to be good, then you have to do it however you can, even if that is, you know, the worst job imaginable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Even if it takes you, you know, 13 months or, you know. Right, right, as long as you're yeah. still moving in that direction. Exactly. No, that that's another one for me. Is even if I miss my own deadline, I still have to finish it. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if and if it doesn't live up to your standards, do you know? I I, I work with a lot of authors as a publisher, yeah. and um and I also have a side business where I I help uh, self publishing authors and other publishers publish their books. I'm a book designer, okay. Yeah. And I get a lot of people coming to me and saying, Stephen, can you edit this? Um, it you know, do you do do, do developmental editing? Okay. This is not a very popular uh, opinion, by the way. They come to me and they say, can you do developmental editing? And I'm, and my attitude is you don't need a developmental editor. You need a writing coach. And (laughs) if if the book isn't ready for prime time, go write another book. Yeah. You know, by the time you've written 10 novels, you'll know how to fix this one. Um, (laughs) But there's a, there's a a counter push on that, which is no, if you believe in your novel, say, you know, and you get 50,000 rejections, that 50,000 at first is going to take it and it's going to be wonderful. And they, they pull up Dune or whatever, um, which I'm not a fan of, but nevertheless, you know, (laughs) but if you, if you write 10 novels and then come back to, to novel one, number one, you can look at it and go, now I see what other people are seeing in this and I can make it more what I intended because I, now I have the skills to do that sort of thing. 
not. And there's something to be said for experience that <clears throat> requires experience. Oh, yeah. to do those 10 novels or to do those 10 paintings mm -hmm. or or to do those 10 pieces of art require that you put in the time and do the work and mm -hmm. that is also how i feel that you develop your authenticity that is how you develop your style that is how you develop what it is that you're looking for and looking to do and looking to put out into the ethos because without that you you don't know i don't think you know where authenticity comes from as an individual artist so with that said we talk a lot about what it takes to be authentic. What are some of the things that can actually separate you from authenticity? Wow. The number one thing that, uh, that I experience with that is self-editing, trying to figure out what other people are thinking and then giving them that, what I think that they want. That I, I, that's one of the, that, that's one of the reasons why I didn't write for a long time. The story behind my writing, and this is actually relevant is um, I was talking to Harry, the same guy I did wrote the novels with, and I was a teacher at the time and I was struggling because I was teaching high school and that's really hard. Okay. Cause the, the, you know, um, it's like being uh, teaching high school. It's like being a stand-up comic doing five different acts every day, new acts every day. <laughs> okay, that, and, and I'm not that kind of a person. I'm, I'm a sit in my, behind my computer and, and do my work kind of a guy, yeah. but some people thrive on that anyways. And I, I was explaining to him one day that I said, I'm not a creative person. I'm not very good with people. I, 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 I don't know why I'm trying to be a teacher. It's not working for me. And, uh, and he goes, and I'm, I know this is a family show, so I'm not going to curse, but he, <laughs> he said, um, I, you know, he says, fine, go write a novel, you know, show, show me that you can't do it. And I said, well, I said, well, I can't. And he says, explain it to me when you're done writing it. And so I wrote that novel and, and my friend, Lord uh, Sai, he's read it. Um, he's probably one of the three people in the world who's read it. Um, but uh, anyways, um, so I wrote the novel and I went, wow, I can do this. And then I wrote another novel and I said, wow, I can do this. And I kept writing. And, and you know, um, if, if it hadn't been for Harry, I probably wouldn't have ever published anything because I didn't understand the storytelling process. Writing is not a problem for me. I can write. Um, but uh, um, storytelling is an art. And um, it's taken me, I think I've probably written uh, in total 15 or 17 novels, not including the ones that I published. Um, and it's taken me until basically now to get to the point where I feel my storytelling, the craft of storytelling is in line with what I want to hear in my head. You know, I, I, I the stories that I tell myself yeah. uh, are, are authentic to what I'm looking for. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to just bring that word into this conversation. It's true. That's what I'm, that's right. what I, I want to do is I want to hear that. I, I want to, one of my favorite authors is a guy who, uh, um, who, if you're familiar with Star Trek, he wrote The Trouble with Tribbles. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is David Gerald. I've met him a couple of times. He lives in Northridge, which is too far from where I live. Uh, and um, one of the things that he, uh, he said, or he's quoted as saying, is um, if somebody, if you want to read a novel and somebody, nobody's written it yet, write it yourself. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then that's kind of what I've, I've been trying to do is tell the stories that I want to I, I want to read. Um, and that's the, that's going back to the authenticity, because if if it, I'm not unusual in my tastes, you know, when I send out something for a, a, a beta reader, an editor, whatever, if somebody says, Stephen, this part is challenging me, I don't like it. I don't always take their edits. You know, oh, you need space aliens here. Well, this isn't a book about, this is a Western, you don't need space aliens. Um, but uh, if it's challenging for them, it's probably challenging for a lot of people. And if sure. something appeals to me, the chances of it appealing to other people are high. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't appeal to me, then the chances of appealing to other people is pretty low, I guess. Oh, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that I try for. Now, again, I don't always succeed. I sometimes, I allow myself to get trapped in, oh, people are going to love me, oh, you know, and, 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 and really I, 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 that's that conversation that we had on Facebook that, that we were talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I literally let myself dive into that wallowing in self-pity thing. Um, but, uh, once I heard everybody going, Stephen, your art is great. Keep doing what you're doing. And it wasn't the art is great part that was important. It was the keep doing what you're doing. That was important to me. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody goes through this. Don't stop. You'll find your, you'll find your, your, your art in, in what you're doing at some point. If it isn't today, it'll be tomorrow. And uh, you know, that really, that really turned my attitude around. Awesome. Wow. 
that, that's no, that's fantastic. Perfect. Well, actually, you know what? Speaking about your art, mm-hmm. so okay, between because your your main your main two arts, I mean, with with the with with the, the literary and the uh, the visual, mm-hmm. which one was the hardest one to find your voice in? Which 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 journey to that was was the longest? Uh, that would be the that would be the writing. I've been doing that longer, and and um, the reason for that is it take at one point I was producing a, a, a painting in about four hours. That was from the concept of drawing it up on the uh, on the canvas to actually having the finished piece. So I could churn through a lot of art in a week, um, but it would take me a thousand hours to write a book. Right. You know, and so and and the problem with writing a book is that you write the thing. And then you don't know what you have until you reread it. You know? right. you, maybe you just wrote something that is terrible. I mean, and again, this is my, my definition of terrible for myself, not necessarily somebody else's. Sure. You know? um, and uh, so yeah, I just invested a thousand hours in bad art. But on the <laughs> other hand, you, you know, and, and that can be very disheartening. Um, whereas doing the, uh, doing the visual arts, I go, boop, 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 boop. I don't like that. Put it in the, put it in the garage, boop, 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 boop. I like that one hangs on the wall, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. um, but this, uh, for example, this, this book that I just, uh, finished, um, again, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which one it was. Um, uh, you know, it, it was something that, uh, that was meaningful for me. It's, uh, the, the log line is, a, um, a group of geriatric demon hunters get caught up in the war between the gods for the control of, of the multiverse. Okay, and I don't do a lot of fantasy, but that's what this is. Um, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, you know, for me, it, it, I, I when I reread it, it really said what I intended to say. Now that's seventeen novels yeah. in, of which you know, like I said, um, nine of which were were were, uh, or excuse me, eight of which were written with somebody else. Um, and uh, it was that tra- you know that training of of getting my thoughts down in in a, in a way that was organized and comprehensible that, that really made a big difference. But I think the writing took longer because it takes longer to write. I mean, you can write a short story in a couple of minutes, but I don't understand the short story process. You know, I, I really don't. It's not my medium. I write novels. Yeah. The, the short story thing is, is harder. Although that, mm-hmm. that, that is kind of an interesting thing with experimenting with different form factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, cause I've been thinking about that recently. Cause you know, all songs are like three minutes, right? <laughs> You're either writing a three minute song, but then I got into some of like the, uh, like the film music stuff and the stock music stuff, which is all like 30 second bumper, 15 second bumper, you know? And I was thinking, well, why, why can't you just release works that are different sized? Like why not have a 20 minute song? Why not have like a, you know, a two minute song, one minutes. Yeah. And I think uh-huh. there's kind of, there's an interesting wave of that going around. But well, no, that's, I, really, that, that's interesting that you find it hard to do the short stories. Oh, I can't do them at all. Um, they, um, I mean, maybe I, ha- I haven't done them in a long time, uh, and, and because I'm much more comfortable in novels. Okay. That's, that's the, like I said, that's the medium that I'm in, but yeah, the, yeah. No, the, the stories that I've written, pe- people don't go, wow. They go, huh? Or they go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this vampire short story at one point and the ending is really bizarre because it's not what you're expecting. It's a twist at the end. People go, yeah. oh, <laughs> Those you are, know, those are the best stories, though. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm glad you think so. Maybe I'll send it to you, and you can tell me what you think. But, uh, uh, but uh, it, it, you know, and actually, I did have a, pu- a publisher want to put it in an anthology. It was um, Horror Library Five, I believe it was going into, and then they found out that I self-published it a, year, a few years beforehand, and they said, "Oh no, we don't do reprints," and they rejected it. And it was a drag, um, <clears throat> and it really wasn't even the same story. It was just the same title. Right, right. But uh, yeah, uh, but as far as that, you know, finding my my niche, um, you know, I I write novels, uh, I write speculative fiction. And, uh, you know, as far as my art's concerned, I do, you know, uh, I do women and planes and beaches, literally. I mean, those are the three things and, and combinations thereof. I have plenty of pictures of, you know, a girl on the beach with an airplane flying over. That's that kind of thing. So, uh, ooh, ooh, question about your about your artistic content, and this is just something yeah. that I was musing about this week. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Ha- why not cats? You are such a cat enthusiast. I've I've done two cats. Both of them were in self portraits. 
one, one with my cat Rue and one with my cat Katniss. Yes. I named her Katniss. Um, and, uh, um, it, it, it's, and oh, that's not true. I've done one with my, one with my niece. I did a, a portrait for my niece for, for Christmas about a year and a half ago or last Christmas, not this one we just had. Um, and, uh, I did her cat and it's, it's the same thing. It, it, if you would ask me, why don't I paint men? Okay. It isn't because I don't like men as a, as a subject. They're different. There are different conventions and there are different um, rules to how they're shaped and what they look like and so on. And I, I've tried a couple of them and I've done pretty well, but it's, it's really like kind of the art that I did a few years back. Whereas the female figures that I do, I feel very comfortable with the, with the concepts and the anatomy and the, uh, the, the, you know, what I'm trying to say with each one of those, um, so it's not a matter of doing, it's not a matter of not doing cats. It's just, that's, I, they're, you know, they're all over the place. Why do I need to see more cats? You know, that, uh, <laughs> honestly fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that, that's incredibly fair. Also, mm. I mean, as far as thing, things to go and draw cats probably present some challenges with the shapes that they have. Cause cats can come, they, they're, they're kind they're of shape. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, people are that the same thing too. Actually, I, I want to give a shout out to a, a, a piece of software that I ran across, which is called just sketch.me. It's a mannequin, you know, like an artist mannequins, uh, uh, software thing online. It transformed my figurative art. Because before I was doing um, copies of photographs, copies of photographs, copies of reference photographs. photos, you mean, right? right? Well, yeah, I literally print them on, on copy paper on my, for my printer and I sketch them and trace them onto the canvas and then I, I paint them. When I, when I found uh, this software with just sketch.me, uh, I was able to do what I wanted to do, my pieces, my vision of what's going on. And I've done some really fantastic stuff and I've done some very normal stuff. Um, but it, it freed me up to do what's in my head, what I've been looking for on yeah, I, yeah, in yeah. photos for all this time. And uh, so that, you know, having that not being constrained to somebody else's eye made a huge difference to me. I oh, know that's right. huge because you get you are then you're in control of your composition. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sort of trying to get to that point with uh, the airplane art as well, um, because uh, there's there's 3D models software out there that I haven't really mastered and stuff like that. But, I, I you know, it's getting the lighting right. It's not even the pick the, the what do you call it? The, the, the uh, pose. It's the lighting. If I can get the lighting right, I can do whatever I want. But it, it, I feel that my job as an artist is to is a, is a lighting director. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't know if you feel that. I do. I feel strongly about that. It's it is so dependent upon lighting and how light represents the subject. And it's the same mm -hmm. in photography. So mm -hmm. uh, being a photographer, you are just manipulating light uh, mm -hmm. regarding your subject and how you represent that subject within that lens. So it, art is is identical to that um, mm -hmm. perspective. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. And I'm curious um, because you're in business mm -hmm. for your art, mm -hmm. you're selling books, you're selling your, your artwork, they're connected. This, and, and so there's a variety of people with a variety of different opinions about mm -hmm authenticity versus commercialism mm. and you can do this or you can't do that. And there's people who are very opinionated about one side or the other. Some people feel um, that you need to be uncompromisingly strict about your authenticity and how it's represented. And then there's the other camp that, really want to focus on just the money aspect of mm -hmm. producing something that is more commercial or more um, available to the marketplace. Acceptable. What are your opinions about that? And, and why is there such a, a schism between opinions in, in artistry, in art, and those that are in the well, business? First of all, I, I don't remember who said it, but it, uh, it, it's uh, I don't know what art is, but I know it when I see it. OK, <laughs> which I think they actually said about pornography. And I think it was a judge, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> you know, so uh, everybody has an opinion about what it is that they their tastes are. And I, I've learned that, that there's no accounting for taste. 
Okay. Right. Uh, everybody's, got different- everybody's got their own taste. Right. And, um, you know, as far as um, like w- taking people's opinions about things, um, especially in the literature world, you, you know, Amazon reviews and stuff like that. Um, my attitude, and I've told many artists, uh, many authors, this um, is any review is a good review. Okay. Even if they pan it, people will go, wow. Okay. Well, that's their opinion. I mean, a lot of people who like give a one-star review are clearly just trolling, but <laughs> you know, if they, if they give a three-star review and it may get, may get somebody to think about, you know, whether or not they want to read the, the, the piece, but they may decide to read it anyways and come and form their own opinion. Sure. You know, and, and it's another name added to your, um, to, to, to your, um, list of, 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 of reviews. Um, my first novel, the hungry, uh, has 108, I think right now, 108 reviews, but we published it in 2011. So that's actually not saying a whole lot, Mm. but for the most part, it's like a 4.2 rating on Amazon, which is actually pretty good. Um, but, uh, going back to your question about, um, you know, there's this schism between, uh, commercialism and, and following your passion. Um, you know, if somebody commissioned me, I'd done a couple of commissions. As a matter of fact, oh, I wanted to, um, I just did my art storefront uh, giveaway, ended tonight. Okay. And, and the piece that I, I'm giving away is actually one of the first commissions that I ever did. It was a painting of a float plane, a seaplane taking off in front of Catalina Island in, in Los Angeles or in California, really. Um, and, uh, um, you know, if somebody wants to pay me, I'll do whatever you want within reason. You know, if I, if I can pull it off and it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, go outside of my, my experience or whatever. I did a, a farm scene for some, for a friend of mine in Missouri or someplace like that. I can't remember exactly where he was. And, and everybody loves this farm scene and, and it's so not me. And I don't know what they were thinking, but if they want to pay me to far, paint a farm scene, that's great. Right. I think the next one he's going to have me do is a train. I don't know anything about trains, but I'm going to paint it if they ask me to. Um, but when I'm painting for me, you know, and, and I'm just getting started on my art business. I haven't had a lot of sales. As a matter of fact, this, this, uh, apart from the two commissions and this giveaway, I haven't made any sales at all. But that doesn't stand in my way because it's, you know, a lot of it is marketing. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, the, uh, the, the answer to your question is marketing. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I could paint all these paintings and literally there's seven of them right, right in front of me right now. Um, <laughs> uh, not including the ones on the screens that I have at the site and I could paint for myself until I, I'm blue in the face. Okay. But I, I, I at the same time, I, I kind of, you know, people vote with their dollars. It isn't about the money for me, although money's nice. I like money. Money's good. Want to give me money? <laughs> go ahead. Um, but, uh, um, it, it's really a matter of people saying to you, um, uh, you know, I value this thing and I'm going to, and, and because of the nature of the world that we live in, I'm an economist as by training, you know, we live in a capitalist society, people vote with their dollars. So if somebody gave me, you know, X amount of dollars for something that they really think touches their, their heart or their soul or whatever, that's good for me. Yeah. I can go spend that on groceries, but at the same time, I touch somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? And so as far as, you know, um, people going, oh, you know, you have to be commercial. You have to you have to paint puppies or something like that. You know, I, I mean, not that I have anything against puppies, but I don't know the first thing about painting puppies. I can barely paint cats and I've got them all over my house, <laughs> you know. Um, but if somebody said, Stephen, you're never going to make a living until you get into puppies, pivot, pivot to puppies. Um, I, I would go. You know, maybe I'll just go back to writing novels <laughs> and painting my painting what I, I feel comfortable with painting and, and not selling it. And and if you know if if after I'm long gone, somebody goes, oh, he was a good artist. Let's buy, let's buy everything he ever did. That's fine. I'd rather get paid now. But um, you know, at, at the right. same time, uh, it, it's it's really a question of you know I'd rather connect with somebody uh, um, you know uh, emotionally, passionately, um, whatever. Uh, and if I can do that through my art, I, I you know, uh, I, I will. And, and I've done that through my, my, my published novels. People really like the novels that I've written. I mean, not, there's not, you know, I haven't had sold a hundred thousand of them or whatever. The sales are pretty good, but the people who like them really like them. Okay. And that, you know, and but, that's where the difference is because the people that you're talking to are the people that are purchasing within the marketplace. Mm-hmm. There seems to be, and when we talk about authenticity versus commercialism, they're, they're mm-hmm. the, the critics are artists themselves. 
Like if someone has something to say about whether an artist or that line of work is too commercialized, I feel like it's, well, if you were making money, you wouldn't care if that person <laughs> was making money too. Right, so exactly. the, the, the criticism yeah. has always been from other artists within the circle to other artists. Right. I've never had a customer who I did a commission for Mm-hmm. Complain because I was too popular. What <laughs> <laughs> well, never a- happened? It's it's so uh, there. It seems to be the schism really does come from within the, art the artists themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, not to you know get into the subject of jealousy or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, I want to be as good as that guy. So, I mean, I actually said this at one point. This is about two years ago. This this one guy, a, a high school friend, pointed out this artist, and he does these beautiful aviation art, and they're just so professional. And I said to the, you know, in in my heart of hearts, I hate that guy because he's so much better than me. And actually that's uh, um, Steven Spielberg once said that about George Lucas because uh, um, in an interview, he said, Oh, I hate that guy. He's so much better than me. And I think that's oh basically what's going No, that's a real quote. I, mean, I don't remember where no, I saw I, that. With him, you know. I do um, seem to remember something of that <laughs> nature. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I would imagine if you're getting, uh, you know, a, a lot of authors get trolled by other authors because those people are, for lack of a better word, jealous of, of their success. And, you know, and, and then, of course, there's people who, you know, have success when they really who, uh, I mean, I, I, I was having a conversation with a, with a friend of mine who's also a screenwriter and he works in the entertainment industry and he writes novels and short stories and stuff like that. And he compares, um, good writing to people like Dan Brown. Okay. Now I don't have a problem with Dan Brown. I happen to like, you know, the, the Da Vinci code and stuff like that, but my friend really doesn't like him. And I think, you know, and, and, and part of the, the, the argument that my friend, uh, Eric has with this, with, with Dan Brown is that he sold, 50 million copies of something that uh, Eric doesn't feel is very high quality. And, you know, and, and, and I'm not calling him out for that. I'm saying his name because I like him. And he's my friend. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, at the same time, Dan, you know, it, it's just like if Dan Brown can publish stuff that is that, you know, that challenge as far as just the writing quality is concerned, why can't you do was just as well? You know, that that's his, that's his advice. Um, and, and so oh, yeah. I, I can understand that, that, other artists trolling each other and, 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 you know, letting that get to them. But it, I think that's kind of what we were talking about to begin with is it's like, how do you, how do you not let it get to you? How do you not let this whole process of, you know, uh, am, am I good enough? Am I as good as the other guy? You know, are, are am I good enough for the, for the audience to like yeah. all that? And, and really, you know, uh, um, uh, that's how we came to this topic when we were, when we were doing the tech check, it, it was just, you know, I was thinking, well, geez, the answer is authenticity. Do what's right. in your heart. Oh, yeah. you know, forget what, you know, literally ignore everybody. I said at the beginning, I, 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 I challenge, I, I challenge, uh, I'm challenged with uh, uh, painting things that my mom and my sister will like, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, my mom and my right. sister are lovely, but I can't paint for them because I, I have the model in my head, which is probably totally wrong. Uh, says if I do this, they won't like it. And therefore I will lose their approval. Right. Well, you know what? For, uh, you know, they're going to have to live with, with not approving of my art. Okay. Right. Um, and, and I'll give you an, a, a, a kind of a more concrete example of what I'm talking about. When, um, when I was 17, I got my pilot's license. Okay. I thought I was going to go in the air force and fly eight tents and blow things up. Nice. Um, and my eyes went bad right before the flight physical and I couldn't, couldn't fly. But anyways, one of the things that, um, I happened was, uh, uh when you're flying and uh, learning flying, you have to stall the airplane, right? Cause it's sometimes it's, it'll stall and it'll go into a spin and you have to learn how to get out of the spin. I am terrified of fly, of, uh, falling. Okay. I don't mind heights. I don't, I, I'm terrified of falling. So I wouldn't stall the airplane because I'd have to fall. And I, and, and so um, one day I, I remember um, psyching myself up to go do stall training, stall, uh, stall practice. And I said, look, today I'm going to die in this airplane, but God darn it. I'm going to do it in control. Okay. It's going to be me doing that. Not the, it's not the circumstances are going to be taking care of taking over. It's me doing it. And you know what? I learned how to stall. 
And I can tell you, I don't want to talk about the ultra lighting, but um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a story that I'll tell you offline that was pretty hairy. Um, but uh, if I hadn't learned how to do that, I probably wouldn't have survived some some of the stuff that I did in the ultralights. And it's the same thing with the art. I have to decide today I'm going to die on this painting. Today, right. I, it, it's going to be the end of my existence if I do this painting, but I'm going to do it my way. Well, Stephen, speaking of that painting, uh-huh. dying, uh, you are going to get this painting done. You have a question. Oh, yeah. From, okay. from Lord Sai. Okay. asks, do you have a favorite painting? Which one is it? And why is it your favorite? Wow. Um, that's a good question. Hi, Lord. Um, uh, <laughs> I do, but it's a kind of a revolving. It's a revolving painting. No, no, no. I think my favorite painting, actually, I, I, I wish I could. Or, no, I got to go the other way. I think it's behind me, actually. Um, there's a, P, a B50, uh, B17 painting right there behind me right. on the wall. It's sitting on the tarmac of uh, uh of a small regional airport and it looks like they're gonna just about to start the uh, the engines and that's really the painting that means the most to me because it really represents what was inside my head okay mm-hmm. um and and yes i have my favorite paintings which i can't show you because it's a family show um that, that are behind the, the 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 camera um that i really feel strongly about but that that painting and and maybe one other are the ones that you know. Uh, if I were selling originals, I would go. Uh, I hope they pay me a lot of money for this because I don't want to give it up. You know that kind of thing. Oh, uh, and I and I have to. And I can always you know print them or whatever. It's not a big deal. But uh, that that one means the most to me. I think because uh, it really represented what I what I was trying to accomplish with that painting. So. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. And I really do like your um, your airplanes. Oh, my gosh. Mm. They mm. are beautiful. I like your figures, too. Um, mm. But oh, yeah. I have an affinity towards um, I do vintage cars. Right. And, I, and I do pinup art for photographers. So I often uh, replicate airplanes with the pinup girls um Mm -hmm. and the artwork so i love i love that look and that style and that whole feel with that so keep going i think your work's beautiful so don't get like you were saying don't be discouraged just keep going and be your authentic self because that's what it sounds Mm -hmm. like you are doing and i think that's what we can all take away from that and it sounded to me too that you have to work through fear Mm -hmm. um to be truly authentic um, and so that's that's a great that's a great thought provoking takeaway for me is working through that fear to to be your own self. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's I think that's the number one thing that stands in your way is 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 um, risk. You know, I'm I'm risking a lot by doing this art. I'm risking a lot by saying these words or painting this image or whatever, and. Uh, the risk is, is approval. You know, what if, no, what if nobody likes it? What if not only do they not like it and they're, they're it's not even that they're, they're, um, uh, ambivalent about it. What if they hate it? What if what I do really engages the, them and they, they, they come and they, they yell at me and they, and I'm a bad person and I'm wrong and all these things. And you know what? And, and that, and have you ever had anybody do that to you? No, never. Not once. <laughs> Not once. They, 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 you know, some people, they, I get that huh thing. That's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> the, worst, the worst you can get is apathy. Yeah, exactly. That's I, I, the worst. Yeah. The worst is apathy. If someone is that, like, emotional when they see something that you've done that produces mm-hmm. that kind of response, oh, yeah. whether mm-hmm. it's, oh, my gosh, I love it, or, oh, my gosh, I hate it, at least mm-hmm. there's a an emotion that you've provoked. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a strong Apathy reaction. is the destroyer of, of all <laughs> things good, right, right. I feel. Just because the, you just, oh. That, that's nice. Yeah. They've been flatlined you. You can't, you like can't get anything out of them. I, I think that's the worst. But right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, oh, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say, as we are nearing the end of our time slot, do you have any words of wisdom that you could drop for any aspiring professional artists who are struggling to find their niche? Ooh. The, yes. 
Um, I don't believe in tattoos. I know lots of people have them, but I always wanted to get a tattoo, one on each wrist. But the first wrist says you can do whatever you want. The second wrist says you can't do whatever you want if you don't know what you want in the first place. Okay, it's a so, whole lot of writing. Yeah, it is. That's why I didn't, uh, that's another reason I want to get it. Um, but but uh, um, at the end of the day, authenticity to me means find you know seeking that thing that you want to do because you can do it. That's doing it. I mean, as a book designer, or whatever you know, or a graphic artist, I can do whatever I want. Can we? Can we put a? Can we put a puppy in this? Absolutely. Let's put the puppy in. <laughs> the question is, what do you want? If you don't know what you want, you can't do what you want. You know, uh, and and that's that. Those are my words of wisdom: is figure out what you want and then go get it. So do what you want, but know what you want first. Yes. There's your meme. There, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll get that. I'll print it up on a T-shirt. Oh, you got it. <laughs> oh my God, that's you right. To, you just set it on the wings of a plane. You know. There you go. There you exactly. go. There you go. Well, you know what? This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Stephen Booth, for joining us today, and thank you to all of our listeners and to anyone and everyone who participated in our show. We thank you again to Stephen Booth for being our guest today. And Stephen, where would you like our listeners to find you? Uh, on the screen, there should be stephenboothart.com. The, Very good. Uh, the, uh, right yep. there. <laughs> right there. Okay. Um, and then the, uh, the other place where you can find, um, uh, you can find my books is uh, geniusbookpublishing.com, all one word. Uh, Gen- genius, geniusbookpublishing.com. That's my publishing site. And you can Fantastic. find it on, on, on Amazon and so on. But that, um, if, if you want to make me happy, come to come to Stephen Booth Art and poke around and, and sign up and, and buy things. That's that would make me really happy. So there you go. Absolutely. Nice. Well, I would like to thank everyone for joining the How Do Artists live stream podcast. And on behalf of myself and Carlana and Stephen here, I would like to say so long until next week. Same time, same place. Bring your questions and your curiosity and we will see you then. How Do Artists is a live stream podcast hosted and produced by Ryan Caldwell and Carlana Pedersen. Our theme song, How to Live, by Bird Garden featuring Rodgers and Cooper, was written by Ryan Cooper, Anna Rogers, and Ryan Caldwell. The How Do Artists logo, illustrations, and art design were created by Carlana Pedersen. Tune into our live streams and stay up to date by following us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For more information about Ryan Caldwell, visit ryancaldwellmusic.com. And for more information about Carlana Pedersen, visit carlana.com. Tune in next time, and thanks for listening.